Exodus chapter 20, we'll begin reading once again in verse 1, the words of our Lord. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that's in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that's in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor. Well, we've been using these Ten Commandments as God's own words to us to, uh, to come together to seek the face of the Lord together. As we gather each Lord's Day to worship Him, God cares how we come. We rehearse that every single Lord's Day. And I think it's necessary to do that because for, for many of us, uh, we've had generations, years, decades of just, we go to, it's Sunday, we get up, we go to church. It's Sunday, we get up, we go to church. We sit, it's Sunday, with very little thought about what it is God is looking for from us when we come. And so we want to be very diligent and very specific and be very honest each time we gather in this Lord's Day. We come into the presence of a holy God. Uh, and He doesn't take us just as we am this mor- are this morning, just, just because we're here. He's searching our hearts to see hearts that are earnest in seeking Him. And so the Ten Commandments are a wonderful tool for you and I to take evaluation of our own hearts dealing with any hindrances, any sin, anything that could uh, disrupt our fellowship with the Lord God today. We've made our way through all, well, nine of the ten previous today, and this morning we come upon the tenth commandment. We see there in verse 17, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. And Let's be real honest, on the surface, we, we read that and we think, all right, I, can, I got this one covered. I, I'm not covering an ox or a, a servant or anything like that. But as with all of these commandments, uh, the Lord, and particularly Jesus, when he comes onto the scene in the New Testament, shows that while God is giving us very specific things to guard our hearts against, that these things get to not just these specific things that the text says, thou shalt not do these things, but there's an attitude, Jesus says, that's underlying all these specific things, and it's so much broader than this. And the same is true with this 10th commandment dealing with 
coveting. All the other commandments deal with very specific actions, right? When you come into my worship, don't bring another idol with you. Don't bring love and affection for someone or something else into my presence, right? That's very specific. When you come into my presence, don't take my name in vain. And he's not just simply saying, don't cuss. He's saying, don't speak my name. Don't utter my name. Don't sing my name the same way that you're uttering one another's names. The way that you use common language. When my name comes out of your mouth, your heart ought to explode because of the God that I am and you know me to be. Uh, Don't murder, right? A very specific thing. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. The commandments have given us very specific things that say, I'm the Lord your God. You shall not do these things. Then we come to the 10th commandment, and it's not specific. It kind of closes out with a very broad, it's dealing with not those, some specific thing, although it lists some things. It's dealing with an attitude of the heart that really feeds all the other things. He's dealing here in this 10th commandment with an attitude of the heart that desires that which God says, I've not given to you, and that you desperately want. In the 10th commandment, God is dealing with this attitude of desiring what God has not given us. God's sovereign. God is providential, and his providential is kind. The fact that God gives us anything is better than we deserve. Can we agree on that? And that's because he's holy and we're not. If God in kindness and common grace and common mercy gives us anything other than what we deserve, he is kind beyond measure. But this 10th commandment deals with an attitude of the heart that desires what God in his kindness, in his providence, in his sovereignty has not given to us. It's an overt dissatisfaction. A discontentment, not just with your life, but with God. That's a dissatisfaction with God, with his kindness. You're questioning his goodness. You're questioning his sovereignty. You're questioning his wisdom. God, I know better than you. You should have given me this. My heart wants this. If you were a loving God, you would have given me this. It's, it's a slap in the face of God who, because you've not given me what I want, or we could take it a step further. You've not given me what you have forbidden for some reason. You've said I can't have it, but I want it. So what kinds of things here? Again, what kinds of things do we need to be aware of this morning as we think about our own hearts before the Lord? Well, he he talks about in, in verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, his male servant, his female servant, his ox or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Now, we live in a different day, don't we, from those things. We don't tend to covet those things. So we need to understand what, what's the significance. Don't covet your neighbor's house. A house provides security, doesn't it? A house provides security. It provides financial security sometimes. It provides shelter. A house is a possession, a material resource. Don't covet what God has given to your neighbor. His wife. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. Don't covet your neighbor's marriage. Don't covet their spouse. When my spouse is so this, but my neighbor's spouse, man, if 
only God to give me somebody like that, or who looks like that, who lives like that, who does those things. It's beginning to covet what God has not given you. Your neighbor's servants, your neighbor's donkey, your neighbor's ox. These go a number of different ways. The servants, the ox, has to do with... um, This was a person's um, reputation. If you had more servants, if you had more livestock, you were perceived to be a certain status in culture. We kind of have that same thing today, right? It's not not ox and servants we count, but those who have more possessions, more uh, a bigger net worth, they're a different status. Ox and donkeys are also a means to get to the city gate back in Moses' day. The, the city gate was the place you went just to hang out. Leisure activity. Have fun. Go hang out. Don't covet another person's hobbies, another person's entertainment, another person's leisure. He's getting at here, it's not just those specific things don't covet. It's the attitude of the heart that says, God, I'm not satisfied with what you've given me. I see what you've given somebody else, and I want what they have. It's questioning God's goodness. Now, desires can certainly be good things, but also we're more familiar with this and what God is bringing up here. Desires can be bad things because it's out of the overflow of our heart that the mouth speaks. It's out of the overflow of our desires that we live, right? Long before you you look at a course of action you take, if you take the time to trace it back, why did I do what I did? You can trace it back. If you're wise, go all the way back and you will find The birth of it is a desire you have in your heart. There's a desire, an underlying desire. I want something and I'm going to get it. I'm going to have it. I'm going to make a certain decision to make sure I get it. Ahab, in the Old Testament, coveted uh, Naboth's vineyard, and it led to him murdering. David coveted Uriah's wife, and it led to him murdering and committing adultery. Achan coveted Babylonians' possessions, right? Their clothing, their silver, their gold, while they were under a ban. And that led to him stealing. And Saul coveted the applause, we could say, of both God and man, which led to him lying. Lying to God and then turning around, lying to man, trying to save face before both. Why did... Why did Saul lie and Achan steal and David murder and commit adultery and Ahab murder? Why? Well, it goes back to a desire they had. The root of why we do what we do is a desire. And that's what the commandment is dealing with here. Yes, God wants in very specific, tangible ways for us to demonstrate love for God and love for neighbor. And that's what those first nine commandments are all about. And in this 10th commandment, he says, and let this be your guide. Where you're going to get off track is if you don't desire me more than anything else. Don't desire anything more than you desire me. 